2: Welcome to the Iron Women Podcast. I'm Alyssa Gadeski, and I am here with my co-host, or at least part of my co-host, I think, because I can only see her ear and her left eye at this current moment. She is, I think, kind of hiding in a quiet spot in her current location. Haley, can you tell us where you are, or are you in some secret training location right now? What's going on?
1: Yeah, Alyssa, I'm at a top secret um, training location, and everyone's going to be like, no. Um, i am actually i think i said last week i'm at team sfq camp in san diego and i am hiding out in hillary biscay's house so i could record this i admit i did not i forgot to pack my microphone and all my recording equipment and i am actually on hillary's husband mike Twelve Six computer trying to find a place where we have wi-fi strong enough where um children and animals aren't going to be disrupted or disrupt me. So we're doing our best, but the camp so far has been amazing. Like the camp actually has been amazing. Um, it's just maybe not the easiest podcasting environment. (laughs) Well, that's a good way to look at it. And I think, I know I saw some pictures and you got there
2: after the race in Oceanside. So did you, did you catch any of the race in Oceanside? Were you training and then traveling? How did you spectate that at all virtually?
1: i missed the race i missed the race because i was actually traveling during that time so i uh i yeah i missed the race but i i caught some of the like i heard the coverage was really good is what i heard and then i got here late in the day on saturday and so i didn't hear but i talked to a lot of people who raced a lot of the um the women who were actually at the camp the team sfq camp alex watt who's a fellow professional she raced and then did the camp alyssa shout out to alex and also i believe jesse who is your athlete because i they raced on saturday and then did like four hours on the bike on sunday and i was like i've been to jesse i was like oh my goodness i'm so impressed and she was like well Alyssa is my coach and so you obviously <laughs> have um a reputation but i was very impressed that they could do that we also did a pretty big climb in our ride on sunday but had incredible views but um i i i mean i was It was hard enough for me and I did not race on Saturday, but Oceanside, but okay. Going back to Oceanside, it looked like fantastic racing. Taylor nib ran away with it, swam bike and ran away with it.
2: Yeah. Haley, it wasn't really fun. So I did catch most of, I missed the swim coverage, but I did, um, finish workouts in time to catch a lot of the coverage. And I have to give a quick plug, um, to outside, I guess, plus outside plus is what outside watch, whatever we were watching it on. I don't know. I don't think Kelly O'Mara has like a direct hand in exactly how good the coverage was per se, but she is kind of in the outside family now with triathlete magazine. She's the editor in chief and Kelly, whatever the family is doing there is doing it right. The coverage was awesome. It was much like easier to watch. Like the stream was constant. It wasn't breaking up all the time. It was good coverage. Um, everything. I really enjoyed getting to watch it. And I have to say you got to watch it if you are an outside plus member, I think, which is $99 a year, but everyone, you get triathlete magazine, like online access for that. You get trail runner on online access for that. You get Gaia GPS membership, which is something I use for my trail adventures. And so that's like 25 bucks a year, but that's included in that. And I just found out the other day because I'm an Outside Plus member, I was like registering for a random local running race and I got $30 off my race entry fee because I'm an Outside Plus. They just like gave me 30 bucks to use towards that race entry fee. So everyone join Outside Plus, get to watch the rest of the races that they're covering this year because it's well done. It's worth your money. You basically can earn your money back through various other things. So that's my non-scripted plug for that, um, which I really enjoyed, but I am throwing that in there. Um, But... The race was exciting. Taylor Nib just crushed it. Um she was flying by pro men on the bike, which was really fun to see. Um and I mean Haley she finished within and I didn't check the stats, but I saw something on Twitter that she finished within 8% I think of um the male pro winner's time, right? And so I mean that's that's insane. That means like I mean one of the USA triathlon standards for qualifying to race your pro uh races a pro for um athletes is to finish within eight percent of the winning time right so i mean taylor's basically qualifying to race in the men's field time after time right so it's like that's pretty insane which is she's raising the bar and she's only at the start right so super fun to see i don't think we'll see a lot of taylor it sounds like in the next like short term here she's going to do some draft legal racing i think um but really cool to see great race from holly lawrence Um, good to see, you know, it was like, I don't know, a nice little prelude to the world championships, I think coming up, um, between your race and then Oceanside, I think it's going to be quite a showdown in St. George. So I'm really excited for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Louisa Baptista, who's like another ITU athlete, she came in second there. And I thought that was, I mean, we are seeing these short course athletes, do really really well at 70.3 distance and i think that is exciting and then you did see some of the women who are going to be racing in saint george the uh sky monch ruth Astle, Danielle reef who you know were like the you know top 10 still and you know that they are doing iron man training and being trying to be iron man world championship fit in you know a month and so i think that that's it is like you said it is it's exciting and it's kind of a wild year where we have a world championship coming up in a month (laughs) so um no it was cool and the vibe here in Oceanside is just I mean I'm not in Oceanside right now I'm in Carlsbad which is near Oceanside but I think the vibe is just like exciting like people were like excited about race season and about St. George coming up and I think it's just very very exciting and I think um it's been fun for me to be here I think before I came Alyssa you actually you said something about uh what was it like filling up my happiness cup or something like that? Like that's how you described it for, um, by coming to one of these camps. And actually that is how it has felt like that ride. The ride yesterday were so much fun. We also did a swim at an outdoor pool, which is like my favorite, this gorgeous outdoor pool. And <clears throat> excuse me, there is just something about being around, you know, a bunch of women who are into triathlon or into the kind of the same things that, We are. And that has been like refreshing. And I do feel like I'm going to come out of this camp with some fitness from training and obviously like the rides, the runs, the swims, but um, also that camaraderie that I think I've definitely missed over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, oh, I love it. I'm having major FOMO just seeing the pictures and seeing the activities you guys are doing. I think you and I both share that we we do a lot of our training on our own, so camps like that I know are quite special. Um, and I'm I'm super excited you get to be out there and experiencing that. Um, I, you know, am back home, Haley. I had a very productive morning today. I did my inside tracker blood draw this morning, 7.15 a.m., the gentleman was pumped to just have me knocking on the door, ready to go. <laughs> like I'm ready to be, to eat my breakfast. So you got to take my blood out first soon, sir. And so did that. Then I, you know, there was a Dunkin' Donuts right next door. So I got myself a little breakfast treat. And then uh the grocery store is right next to that. So I had like the most productive morning ever between inside tracker, grocery shopping, all done before 9 a.m. It was it was amazing. Um, so while I'm not at Smash Camp right now, and I am sad about that, at least I'm I'm not like wallowing away on the couch. So we'll just say that. Um, and then in the you know I should have inside tracker results coming up pretty quickly. They usually turn around in a few days. So Haley, next week I didn't do inner age draw this time. I'm just doing kind of like the quarterly biomarker like check to mostly check iron and vitamin d and and make sure everything looks good as i'm uh, coming off of barkley and going into some other training but uh just a reminder for everyone that inside tracker is a partner with live feisty and iron women podcast and if you go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty you can get 20 percent off of your inside tracker um, items that you you are doing so definitely recommend that guess what I have a surprise. Oh, my gosh. Please tell me. We still have That's It with us for at least a couple more weeks. So April 14th, everyone, is the last day for That's It. Um, At this moment, we'll see. And
1: Haley, have you had any That's It products with you? Did you travel with That's It? Oh, you know I did. That was totally what I put in my carry-on to have on the plane and also – on both my rides yesterday, um, you know, just throwing those, especially the mini bars. I find those are like really easy to eat on the bike, like because you can eat them in like two bites. Um, I definitely had some of the mini bars on on the um ride yesterday, and they are fantastic for travel and for riding, and I'm sure for running too. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. So, <laughs> but I I you can be sure I packed them. I think it's just uh my favorite thing is that
2: I just learned this the other day. I thought, you know, their fruit bars must have like a little bit of fruit in them, right? Like just, but they actually have like their apple and mango bar. Haley has a whole apple and a whole mango in one bar. So imagine I'm just like picturing you throwing in the that's it bar into your carry on instead of an apple and a mango. Like that's much more efficient and you're probably the much better seatmate to your plane mates than trying to eat a mango on a plane. Can you even, I can't even eat a mango in like real life without being. <laughs> really messy and gross so They're very messy um yeah but everyone so you can continue to order that's it 20% off now off of all your orders head to that's forward slash ironwomen and use code ironwomen for 20% off
1: yes and thank you to our listeners who have ordered that i mean obviously this this is a re- evolving partnership and it's all thanks to you that we keep get to keep going
2: and haley we are Just keeping this catch up with us pretty quick today because we have a nice long chat to share with everyone we're gonna let you get back to the camp festivities and we are talking to samantha kingsford today and samantha kingsford is uh from new zealand so you know she's one of my i really love interviewing the kiwis because i think they have some of the best stories and samantha was no different She's one of the fastest elites in all of Xterra. She won three majors on the world tour in 2019 Xterra, Brazil, Victoria, and Mexico. And she captured the Xterra Pan Am tour title. Then in 2021, she swept the U S Xterra series, but missed Maui, which we talk about her reason for missing Maui in the interview, but she came back from that, did get to the States and finished fourth recently in clash Miami after participating in the couples triathlon. So she, has now had a foray on the road triathlon scene, we'll call it. And we were really excited to talk to her about what she thought about that. If she's going to continue racing on the roads and what is next for Samantha. So you'll hear from her next. Hi, Samantha. Welcome to the iron women podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. So I believe you're back in New Zealand after some time in the United States and things here had been kind of loosening up on the COVID front. And I think down under you might finally be seeing the same, right? So I recently had a friend travel to New Zealand. I just got email from Air New Zealand inviting me back, right? Which like had me very excited. Um, so tell us, what is life currently like in New Zealand for you?
0: Yeah, I just got back from the US um, and back in New Zealand. Um, I guess in New Zealand, we're in a bit of, a, bit of an awkward kind of position at the moment. Um, we're a little bit behind on the whole COVID thing. Um, I think it's only really just starting to hit us. At the moment, Um, I think we've just sort of peaked in cases. Um, So, yeah, over our summer, it's kind of been racing hasn't really been happening because, I guess, all the COVID restrictions and everything that we've had. Um, So it was actually kind of nice to have some races in America and actually have something to aim for because... Everything here was getting cancelled on us, um, which was a little bit depressing.
1: <laughs> Did you have to quarantine when you went back, or were you able to go right home?
0: No, um, thankfully we didn't. Last year we had to, yeah, we had to quarantine in a two weeks in a hotel, um, which was horrific. We didn't even have a window to open. Wait, so
1: it's we? How many people are
0: in this um, room? Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was, it was me and my partner Sam. Yeah. It's but the we truest were, the test room,
2: of a relationship. <laughs> yeah.
0: The room was, um, oh yeah, like, this was last year, not this year, obviously. Thank God. Um, but yeah, the room was a one-bedroom apartment. We had like maybe we had to push the bed right against the wall so that we could have maybe two strides until the seat next to the window. Um, and then, yeah, it was it was very confined. <laughs> um and we were only allowed 30 minutes out each day um to do a little walk and it was only walking you weren't allowed power walking um yeah (laughs) it was um excuse my language but it was hell (laughs) did you have
1: bikes with you and like trainers were you able to ride in the room
0: yeah we managed to get um a wind trainer we were based in auckland so in one of the main cities so we were able to get a a friend of Sam's managed to drop one off to the hotel for us. Um, But that comes with another story because obviously we had no windows. Um, Air ventilation too was that kind of like adapted it and um, it wasn't really cooling the room down. So you can imagine what the room smelled like when both of us each day had done about two hours on the trainer. <laughs> yeah. You'd go outside for your little 30 minute walk and then you'd come in and it was like a brick wall of like, that stinks. I'm
2: just picturing like moisture on like everything too. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. what a nightmare.
0: Yeah. But I mean, we were pretty lucky and thankful that we had, were able to get a trainer in there because I think if we didn't have that, we would have completely gone nuts um yeah so thankfully we didn't have to do that again (laughs) How was
1: the food because they have to bring you food right
0: was there enough yeah um our food was actually really nice um luckily but you did see pictures of other people in different hotels where their food was horrific um and at the start it was enough for me but it wasn't enough for um Sam he was kind of a bit hungry after but we worked out that you just had to when they rang you each day to do your little health check and see if you were like mentally okay and everything um that you just had to ask for a little bit more food (laughs) so yeah eventually we ended up getting enough (laughs) what was
1: the first thing you did when you got out of quarantine did you go for a swim
0: I actually went for a run um yeah I think being confined in a little room and everything um a run was what I really wanted to do um I think yeah Swimming isn't my most preferred part of triathlon. So yeah, the run was what I really wanted to get out and do.
1: Uh, fair enough, fair enough. But um, well, we we do want to talk about your most recent trip to the U.S. But before we do that, we're going to go back to last summer, before you quarantined, before you went back, because you came to the United States, I think in the spring of 2021. And you competed on the U.S. Tour of the Xterra Racing. So this is off-road triathlon. And you did three races, Xterra, Oak Mountain in May, Beaver Creek in July, and then the U.S. Championships in Ogden, Utah in September. So that's a long time to, you know, commit to leaving your home country, come to the United States for three big races. What made you make that decision, especially knowing you had this quarantine when you went back?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty big risk for us to come over last year to America. And, I mean, really, we didn't know if we were going to come over for just one race or were we going to come over for the three exteriors like we'd sort of planned to. Um, So it was kind of like, yeah, it was a little bit nerve-wracking sitting on that plane leaving New Zealand. Um, Two, we hadn't been exposed to anything to do, do with COVID. Um, and obviously you read the media and everything of what America was like as well. So that kind of was a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, but I guess because we we had no racing, um, we couldn't go travel anywhere and get any exposure or any, I guess, go and race other people. Um, that's what pushed us to just be like, stuff it, let's just go, what, what could go wrong kind of thing. Um, we have a good base in Boulder um I guess it's kind of like our second home so I guess knowing that that was there and we had the support of kind of like I guess you could say our second family in America um that sort of pushed us to head there and race um but yeah I mean I think the last thing I sort of said to my mum at the airport when she dropped me off was kind of like this is either gonna make us or break us um you know we're gonna go over there and we may only have one race and Financially, we're going to come home broke. Um, Or it could be go completely to plan. We could win all three races um, and have an amazing summer, I guess, of training and racing. Um, And thankfully, that, that fell into place. And, yeah, we... We yeah won every race that we did in America, which was awesome.
2: And Sam, the U.S. Championship race in Utah, that actually ended up being a run bike run due to algae blooms, I think, in the lake. <laughs> yeah. So you you mentioned that swimming, you know, isn't like your your favorite part of the triathlon, maybe right? So was that actually helpful to your overall race strategy? Like, was you know, kind of how did you pivot when you found that out?
0: Yeah, we found we got kind of word on about maybe two or three weeks ahead of the race that oh, okay. um that it was going to be, well, it was looking like it was going to be a giraffe on because of the algae, um, and actually the lake lake level was like, I think it was like 20% full, so it was like so low, so I don't even think, it would have been, been a water, run anyway like, water run, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we kind of were a little bit frustrated because, I mean we do do triathlon and you're kind of like, we do want that swim um, even though swimming's not my preferred and favorite part or discipline to triathlon um I think it's sort of do, it within Xterra it is one of my stronger um disciplines so I was kind of a little bit disappointed that there was no no swim because that's where I generally get about maybe a minute to two minutes ahead on some of the other girls um but I mean you've got to go with the flow um there's no point in getting all antsy and getting um worked up about it because that's racing you've got to go with the uh, the punches I guess um and yeah it actually did work into my favor um I ended up getting a bit of a gap on some of the other girls in the first run um and then continued getting that lead I guess on the bike and the run was this the um
2: the race where there was a young high school girl that competed quite strong in in the field was this
0: that the championship race yeah, she. I think it, she's a mountain biker. Is that who you're talking about? I think so. yeah, yeah, yeah. She. She was in the age group race. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I. mean, we started ahead of them. I didn't know anything about this girl or anything like that. Um, and I think she actually had the second fastest time overall of all the women. Um, so yeah, luckily she didn't beat me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I would hate. To... That's that's that <laughs> yeah, best Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah, I mean shoot, if she can learn to swim, she could be in a few, well, yeah, in maybe five years, she could be the up and coming um elite female, I guess, in Xterra. It's a different race. It's a different race. Maybe from to help the
2: help the Kiwis from coming over and sweeping the US US circuit, right? We gotta get her
0: going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe I need to improve my mountain biking a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Sam,
1: we what is your background? We we tried to do some research. We couldn't find much, and so how how did you grow up? I know we we've, we've talked to other Kiwis, and it seems like a very outdoorsy, active uh, culture. So how, did you grow up as an athlete? And you know how did you get into Xterra Triathlon Racing?
0: Yeah, I guess um, most Kiwis we all grow up during like our school years and high school years of you kind of just do all sports. Um, I guess. I grew up doing my first ever sport was actually rugby. Um, And I guess, yeah, I mean, I had any opportunity to get a day of school. I would sign up to whatever sports team or tournament team um, was going to get a day of school and sort of did everything. Um, I guess my main sports in high school that I did was um, hockey and soccer, um, and also did a bit of girls' rugby as well. Um, but, yeah, I just did every sport that I could. Um, I didn't really pick up triathlon, I guess, until, when was it, maybe kind of halfway through my university years. Um, obviously, I learned to swim at an early age. I think most Kiwis get into put into swim school. And um, I did a little bit of squad, but, I mean, I got sick of looking at the black line. Um, so I gave up that sport pretty early on. Um, but yeah, I didn't pick up triathlon until halfway through university. I think it was, I think it was 2020 when, or 2021 when ITU Worlds were here in New Zealand. Um, and my twin sister, she actually was racing at the time for high performance New Zealand. Um, and she was traveling overseas obviously. And she's like, why don't you, you should just give the ITU age group race a go. Um, so I guess that's when I started training for triathlon. Um, I did nothing triathlon driven or anything like or related when I was at high school. Um, so I did that for a few years, um, and then obviously I was at university, and um, I guess my career started needing to come first. Um, so I kind of gave up triathlon and still kept fit, still ran and rode and mountain biked um but yeah it wasn't until when was it maybe it was 2018 was my first year racing properly as a professional um my first real exposure to um I guess yeah Xterra um but obviously my boyfriend Sam he was going overseas at the time racing triathlon and racing off-road and I was kind of I was getting a bit envious of the places he was traveling um while I was stuck in New Zealand working full-time as a PE teacher um so yeah I decided why not give it a go see where I can go- end up um so yeah I guess I'm pretty new new to triathlon I guess if you exclude the whole COVID year I think this is my f- going into my fourth year um racing as a professional is your twin sister yeah. still racing uh, not triathlon. No, she yeah, she gave up. I think when she yeah, maybe about five or so years ago. Um, but she's still active. She's kind of getting more into the multisport stuff. Um, I think it's probably quite quite good that we're not competing against each other. Um, we're highly competitive. Um, and it can end in a few arguments sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, she. I mean, she's always been supportive and thinks it's amazing and cool what what I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing that we're not racing against each other.
2: <laughs> and so the US championship race, that wasn't supposed to be your final big race of the year. Um, you did return home to New Zealand, you had to quarantine, right? But yeah. you still had plans to be racing the world championships in Maui in December. Yeah. But it didn't get to unfold exactly like that, right? Because yeah. it sounds like the the COVID restrictions just didn't allow you to get out of New Zealand again.
0: Yeah, I mean We always knew going over that we'd do, obviously, the three exterior races on the tour. um, But we always had in the back of our mind, we want to get to Maui. Um, And obviously, after the season that we had, it was kind of like, we really want to get to Maui. We've been performing well. Training has been going really well. Um, But obviously, we had to come back to New Zealand. Um, Visas obviously didn't allow us to stay in the States for any longer than six months. Um, and originally, when we were heading over, um, we had sort of planned it that our visa would allow us to stay until worlds. Um, but because of COVID and everything, they had to change the world states, which then fell out of the six months. Um, but because New Zealand was, I guess, shut off, um, the only way in was if you had an MIQ spot um, to isolate in one of the chosen hotels. And they were c- becoming pretty hard to get. Um so we had to take our spot that we had, I guess you could say one. Um uh and that that didn't allow us to then come back to America and race um because we couldn't get another spot to then come home. Um and also it was it was four grand New Zealand to isolate. Um so I mean that's a yeah that's a huge expense to then go over to Maui again and then pay another four grand to, to have the worst I mean, vacation yeah, ever like... you're kinda like... <laughs> yeah exactly and it rained and I mean yeah you're going to Maui I mean the Maui nice part Houston. is nice but like the um, two
1: weeks I- after when you're just in a hotel paying that much money to just sweat <laughs> in the same...
0: it's not a ho- it's not a hotel and it's like and not a hotel that you want to be staying in for four weeks there's no pool or anything to lie by, um, but it was pretty. I mean, it was pretty frustrating and heartbreaking not to be able to go over and race. Um, and I mean, sitting back in New Zealand watching the race unfold, it did turn into a Um, so it wasn't. I guess you wasn't a true um, world champs for Xterra. Like um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty heartbreaking to sit here in New Zealand knowing that you have nothing and your power to be able to get over there to race. Um, But I guess that makes you even more hungry for this year to go over and race and, yeah, hopefully get on the podium, I guess, at World Champs.
1: Yeah, and so obviously Xterra, (laughs) off-road, mountain biking, trail running, that's your primary focus in triathlon, but you just raced in two road triathlons the couples non-drafting road triathlons couples championship and then clash miami so when did you decide to you know make that transition to throw in some road races
0: um i guess it's a funny story really you i've all we've always sort of been like oh no that road that's boring we don't want to do it um but i guess never say never um it wasn't really until last year I guess we went. Obviously, we went to America and had the three off-road races. Um, but we were kind of like, if we if we had a had of taken over like a, a TT bike or something, we would have had more opportunity to race. Um, and I guess we're training with we train when we're over there in Boulder with um, Julie Dibbons and her crew um, with the, in their swim squad. And everyone was kind of like, oh, why don't you just, like, you know, try the off-road stuff. Um, you guys, obviously, are strong on a bike. You can push power. Um, but our main concern was um, obviously sitting in that TT position and a one position for a long period of time. Um, with mountain biking, you sort of get up and out of this um, seat and moving around a lot. Um, and I guess, yeah, Julie was kind of like, no, I honestly think that you guys should like it would open up a few more doors um and you should just at least try it so yeah the plan we came home and sold our road bikes um and brought TT bikes um but yeah I never actually started properly learning to ride the TT bike until I guess early January this year um and my first ride on the bike was uh it didn't really go too well um my my TT bars hadn't been put on re- like straight <laughs> and I got on into the bars and started bearing to one side um and yeah I was just like shoot this is actually really hard um holding that position and everything yeah it wasn't it wasn't like the mountain bike where you're like this is fun go hit some trails <laughs> um but yeah I mean I got used to it um and yeah I think it's just time on on that bike. That is really important. And I mean we still both of me and my partner Sam still haven't spent enough time, I don't think, on the on the that bike to fully be comfortable on it. Um but yeah we got offered we got open an open invitation to go to the couples race. Um and I guess it's an invitation that doesn't come around often. Um so we would have been mad to say no to that race. Um and then we were kind of like, oh well clash Miami's a week later we might as well make the trip worth it and have a couple of races um, over in America before we then return home to New Zealand. Um, So I guess the couples race was actually my first ever race on the TT bike. Um, And then, yeah, Clash, I guess you could say, was my first ever longer non-drafting race. Um, So I was pretty nervous going into Clash. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, the time
2: trial bike gets easier when you're you screw the bars on tightly. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once I and, worked out that I point <laughs> yeah. then I was away <laughs> Did you did you guys have trouble sourcing bikes? um Because, like, I mean, I know a lot of people are having issues and to get, you know, you'd have to find two, right? One for each of you. Was yeah. that an issue
0: for you? Yeah, I mean, we don't have a bike sponsor, so it was kind of we just had to find a bike that was our size and what was available in New Zealand. Um, and obviously New Zealand's at the bottom of the world. It's, we don't get as much stock and it's harder to get things to New Zealand. Um, but I was fortunate enough, my twin sister, she actually now works and specialises for New Zealand. Um, so pre us coming home last year, we sent her a message and said, can you source us a bike, knowing that we had a huge shortage in New Zealand. Um, so yeah, thankfully she was able to find us one. Um, I think they came from Australia. But yeah, I think if we'd left it any later, we probably wouldn't have been able to find a bike in New Zealand. Um, so yeah, that would have been, see you later to the whole non-drafting racing, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah. And we we did talk to Rachel Olson before the couple's um, triathlon, who gave us some background on it going into the event. Uh, you know... I watched a little bit of the coverage and it seems like, you know, it was a fun event. There was like a charity component, which is never a bad thing. Right. And it was like yeah. a fun day of, of racing hard. What was the vibe down there? What was your reaction to the whole thing?
0: Uh, yeah, it was like, I mean, it's a different for me. You don't, this is, I mean, that was the first kind of race that you actually get to race with your partner. Um, I guess ITU has the, the team aspect to triathlon. Um, but that's about it. Um, So that kind of aspect of the racing as a team and I guess racing with your significant other, that was all new and quite cool, I think. Um, Originally, it was meant to be, so I would go do like the real short sprint triathlon, then I'd tag my partner, he would go do it, then he would tag me again. Um, So you're essentially doing two mini triathlons each, but because I think it was because of something to do with the local council or whatever, the road closure, um, he, the organizer, wasn't able to allow that format to go ahead. Um, so it turned into uh, just, I guess, one mini sprint try each. Um, but yeah, it was real competitive, I guess. Like a lot of us, I mean, there was a mixed variety of um, triathlon. I guess there was the ITU, there was the. Um, the Ironman distances there was the um 70.3 and then I guess me and Sam the um the only off-road exterior athletes um so I think it was he had quite a good variety of um like triathletes and triathlete couples um and yeah I, mean, I think there was a few surprises on like who who got into got the top three and who like where each couple sort of came um and it was quite cool he like pre the race it was like you guys get to decide who goes first so some couples sent their females first some sent their males um so you got to sort of decide where you wanted to put your shrink first or second or whatever um and that actually had a huge um impact on the results in the end of where who you put first um I think a couple of the couples who put their females first actually said at the at the end we were like, yeah, I think we made a big mistake. Um we should have sent our male first. Um so yeah, I think it's I mean it's cool that we're getting these different formats of triathlon. Um it's changing it up, making things a bit more interesting. Um yeah, but it was a cool event. I hope I hope that we there's more um in the future of this kind of format. Um, yeah, I just think it's quite cool. And
1: I did watch the race, but you'll have to forgive me. I've sort of forgotten. So it sounds like the other Sam, your partner, he went first and then you went second. How did that play out for you? Like chasing, you know, what was, and I, I, where did you finish? I should
0: know this, but I don't. Uh, we actually ended up seventh, um, which we were actually quite surprised. Um, but yeah, Sam, he went first. Um, he, I think he came out in the main bunch in the swim, um, Again, that was kind of one of his, I think it was his third sort of race on the TT bike, um, and he came off sort of, yeah, in the main group in the, in the bike, and then, I mean, he'll say this too, I think he, he overdid it maybe in the run, and he I think it, he tagged me off in fourth, I think, um, and I was thinking, oh, crap, like now I've got to hold this, um, and yeah, I mean, I think Paula was coming pretty quick on my heels in the swim I managed to just sort of sit on her a little bit towards the end um and yeah I think yeah I mean I lost a few positions in the run um but yeah I think overall we I think we surprised ourselves and hopefully I think we surprised a few other couples too I don't think anyone sort of expected us to be sort of that in that position um But yeah, I mean, it was pretty nerve wracking being tagged off fourth and then being like, oh crap, now I'm, I'm the one that's like, everything's on me. If I, if I really balls this up, it's all me, but I mean, that's racing and yeah, that's kind of the cool aspect to it.
1: So, um, and from that couples championship, you did move on to Clash Miami and I watched the coverage of that day as well. And it was. I mean, it was a sh- a fairly short race. You know, it's like um, it's like shorter than a seventy point three. Um, I don't know the exact exact distances, yeah. but it looked like a Kona style Ironman.
0: I mean, there's a lot going on. Yes, that women's <laughs> yeah.
1: race was in- wild. I mean, can you tell us about those race conditions and how you managed that heat? Because you did. You finished fourth, but there was a lot. I mean, yeah. there was even like, did you know how many loops you had to do? I mean, there was a lot going on.
0: Yeah there was a lot going on that day um I mean yeah it was hot I mean Florida it's always known to be hot um and yeah I mean it was a little bit shorter I guess than what you would say a normal 70.3 was um which I think actually was good for me um being my first proper non-drafting race um but yeah I mean the swim it was just two laps so I don't think there was anything overly special about that um I managed to sit on the back of the main group, um, which I was pretty stoked about. Um, Yeah, so I came out of that first bunch and then jumped on the bike and was sort of holding on to those girls. Um, But yeah, I mean, throughout the day, I mean, we started at, I think it was 10 o'clock. So I knew it was going to be hot, um, especially by the time we got to that run. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think it was like about four or five laps to go and all of a sudden I think Emma Pallant and Chelsea and that sort of started pulling away from me a bit more and I kind of looked at my power and I was or yeah my speed and I was like am I like slowing down a lot because they've pulled a lot into me um and then coming on to the run yeah I think I mean and watching the replays I think yeah the girls potentially they maybe had put a bit, little bit too much into that last bit of the bike and started overheating and couldn't quite cool themselves down. Um, because, yeah, when we came onto the run, um, I mean, you've got to think the heat's coming down on top of you, but the, also the heat coming off the road. Um, and I think that they were sort of saying it was, yeah, like Kona conditions. <laughs> um, it was pretty hot. We only had one aid station two out on the, bi- on the run um, for most of that, that run um but yeah I just I knew I just had to every aid station I just had to make sure I was getting ice on me cooling myself down putting it down my suit um and yeah I think it was the second lap um it was when Emma went down with the heat um and I mean you're out there racing and you you don't really know what's going on um and when I sort of ran was running up to Emma and sort of past her she was kind of grabbing her leg and I thought she maybe she's just cramping or she'd pulled her calf or something like that and um yeah I kind of ran past her I was like come on Emma just like get up keep going like walk it off (laughs) and I mean I feel really bad now and I messaged I was like I feel terrible (laughs) told you just keep going meanwhile you're on the road like (laughs) eat exhaustion um but yeah I think like yeah and then Chelsea she pulled it out because of the heat as well, but I think it's just really, really important to not overdo it um, and make sure every lap you're cooling yourself down. Um, I mean, I've done one race in Asia um, with off-road and we have way less um, aid stations out there than what we had on Clash Miami. Um, and I don't know, maybe from racing that race, you know that you need to take on as much as you can Um, just to keep your body temperature down because as soon as you get overheated it's game over lights are out um but yeah I mean I surprised myself I think in that race I going into that race I was not expecting to be in that position um I was I would have been stoked I think going in if I was top 10 um just because it was such an unknown territory for me um And I mean, I've I've never raced those girls before. I don't know how a non-drafting race plays out. Um, Yeah, so I was pretty happy coming away with fourth. Um, But I think on like through the race, you had a big like with the how many laps you have to do, keeping track of that. You had a big board that told you how many laps you had to do on the um, bike, Um, and also you have your little bike computer. But if you watch the replay on the run. I jumped from like I think it's like fourth or third or fourth I was in and then I jumped to eighth. Um, and they actually thought I had done an extra lap on the bike um, and I was short of a lap on the run. Um, and thankfully I had my watch. I was running with my watch and um, I was able to keep track of 16Ks or it was just over 16Ks. I don't know what that is in miles. Um so I was keeping track of that. But as I was coming into the home, sh- like, finish shoot, one of the spectators was like, are you sure you're finished? Oh, no. <laughs> and, I was, and I mean, for me, I was just like, yeah. Like, he pointed pointed to my watch and was like, yep, 16Ks. And he's like, okay, sweet, if you if you think you're finished. And he's like, what's <laughs> <Yeah."> a K? <laughs> and he was kind like, okay, if you think you're finished. And I, like you know, ran down thinking I well knowing I was done. Um and it wasn't until like I'd finished and sat down and Alicia, um, who's on the commentary, came up to me and she's like, We actually can't um interview you. And I kinda like looked at her and I was <laughs> like, eh? It's like, um the timing thing says you've done an extra lap on the bike and you're one short on the run. And I was kinda like, You're kidding me, like <laughs> I'm not getting up and running anymore and I was like no like my walk and like showed her and she's like no I believe you like I've been on the course the whole time but it's something's happened with the timing um and yeah she, so she's like we need to like prove that you have oh officially finished and you've done the right amount um before we can like do anything and say that you've officially finished fourth so, yeah, I mean, I was kind of like, my heart started racing because I was like, shoot, like, don't tell me I have to go, go run another lap. Like, I've just sat down and I've, like, seized up. I'm not going to run another lap. Um, that is the worst nightmare.
1: I'm yeah. like even yeah, a yeah. cool day, but on that day, and then they're like surprise. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Surprise. And for my <laughs> first like my first link race as well being like, um no. I don't
1: know what I would have done. I mean, because you're like probably start second guessing, like, is your watch right? Yeah, I
0: did, yeah. Oh but like, I mean, I mean it is hard because it's a whole heap of short little lips and um But I think, yeah, note to myself, if I'm ever going to do a short race like that again, 100%. And I think to anyone, I guess wear a watch because, I mean, anything can go wrong with the timing and everything like that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if I hadn't had that, maybe I would have lost my position and I would have had to get up and do another lap on the run.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Sam, when you've been... Thinking about the race now, like looking back and just, uh, I guess you didn't have a two week quarantine to like really ponder it too much, but but um, you know, have you thought about like how has Xterra Racing prepared you for like just you know timing snafus yeah. aside, right? Like. I haven't done an Xterra race before, but I mountain bike a little bit and I trail run. Right. And it's like, you're constantly thinking, you're constantly paying attention to the changing conditions, to how your body's feeling, to like being able to manage, you know, whereas a lot of times in the non-draft racing, you're like head down. You could like yeah. be thinking, you know, tune out totally. Yeah. Right. Do you think that Xterra has helped prepare you for unpredictable course conditions and to kind of stay in the moment a little better? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean. Exterior, there's so much that can be thrown into you on a race day and a course um and I guess it teaches you to I guess roll with the punches you've just got to go with the flow um and I don't think like I don't think the whole training aspect is hugely different between the two um I mean obviously one's off road one's on road but we haven't really changed a hell of a lot of what we do in training. It's still pretty similar. I mean, leading up to uh, the couples race and Clash Miami, we were spending obviously more time on the road bike in um, doing our sessions on in the TT position. Um, but yeah, I guess with exterior, you can't you can't switch off. As soon as you switch off, especially on, I mean, in the mountain bike. Um, A tree root or whatever could pop out in front of you and takes your front wheel off and that's you on the ground um same with the run you don't know what's coming around the corner um whether there's a whole heap of rocks or roots or something um you just can't switch off and you got to be on your game the whole time um and I guess yeah whether that transferred over to I guess Clash Miami where I was constantly paying attention to the board watching my where I was at on my gun like my bike computer and my run watch um yeah maybe that helped me pay attention to make sure that I actually did do the right amount <laughs> um but yeah I mean yeah I mean I keep saying like I don't think training wise is a huge difference between the two um I mean exterior you look at the distances and it's more towards the Olympic distance when you look at it on paper but when you actually look at the race times, it's sort of more leaning towards the 70.3 times. Um, depending on the course, some are kind of bang on to what a 70.3 would be. But it's well over that two, two and a half to three hours um, that you're out racing for, which is pretty similar, I guess, to the non-drafting. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's the huge difference is one's on road, one's off road, and the bike's are very different. <laughs>
1: And Sam, so you had this experience in Miami, you have, you have Julie Dibbins who during her career, you know, before she was a coach, she did race off road and on road simultaneously very, very well. Does this, you know, you kind of said you, there were some opportunities maybe you missed last summer. Do you think you're going to try to really do both? Um, you know, this year, what are your, what are you, I mean, are you, are you hooked?
0: yeah (laughs) i wouldn't say i'm converted um i still like the off-road stuff i think it's way more fun um i guess yeah it's the mountain biking i don't think i could give that up um but i think we would be you'd be dumb not to continue and do the like continue with the 70.3 stuff and do some more of that kind of racing um but yeah i think so the, like, our season this year is we will do um, focus from the main part of the Xterra. Um We're going to head to Europe and do the exterior season sort of there. Um, there is possibly some 70.3s in between that in the mid-year, um, whether or not it's going to work in our program or not, if it does and um, if our coaches – sort of give us the go ahead that yeah i think it will work we might potentially head come back to the states and do um what is it clash uh
1: watkins Glen Glen, yeah that's
0: it yeah i was going to say in new york um so potentially do that race if it fits um and then definitely after exterior worlds has been in the beginning of october i think we're planning to sort of do more 70.3s um But, yeah, I mean, I think we would be – you'd be dumb not to sort of dabble in both of them. Um, There's definitely a lot more exposure, I think, within the 70.3s, which is awesome for us because, um, unfortunately, Xterra hasn't sort of jumped on that bandwagon just yet um, and there's still not those, I guess, sponsorship and exposure opportunities like what the 70.3 Ironman distances get. But I think it's just awesome too to be able to, I guess, transfer between the both and mix it up. If there's sort of no off road racing happening for a while, it means we can go and hit up some of the non drafting races. um, And it just fills up our year a bit more and makes, makes traveling, I guess, to the Northern Hemisphere kind of more worth it because we are uplifting our life, I guess, for between six to eight months from New Zealand, which is a huge, huge time to be away from home. And financially, that's that's a lot of money too um so I think yeah to be able to I guess have a go at both of them it might open a few more doors for us
2: and you mentioned that the training actually is is pretty similar but what about just kind of the cultures in general like you know <laughs> did you have any impressions between like the road I could say I don't know how to say like 70.3 I guess road racing yeah.
0: triathlon culture and the Xterra culture yeah I guess um yeah that's a quite a good question um I guess, going, coming from the exterior um, background, I guess, how do I put this? Things are a little bit more, um, I guess, casual, a um, little bit more of a chill vibe, I guess you could say. Um, and then coming to the, the um, I guess, on-road, non-drafting scene, um, my first experience, I didn't actually do this race. Um, it was two and a Half here in New Zealand. Um, And me and Sam rock on up to uh, the day before for him to rack his bike. And we were just like, whoa, everyone's like highly strung here. (laughs) Um, Very different vibe to what we're used to. Um, I think, yeah, just everyone seems to be, I guess, maybe this is what I need to do. And this is like they're in their little zone doing what they want to do. Where I guess, yeah, exterior is a little bit more, a bit more chilled. Um, But I mean, we still had a good time. Um, Clash Miami was, was probably wasn't as highly strung as what it was here when we turned up to the race in Taronga um, but yeah you definitely turn up to the races and you're like whoa everybody's got all the gear, <laughs> I don't even have my own set of race wheels I'm, I've borrowed a pair because I don't have a pair um, I don't have the best TT like bike position um, I don't have the best like bars, they're probably not as aero as what they should be Um, and I guess that for a first timer, that's probably what was most intimidating is like all the gear that all the athletes have. Um, and I mean, it's not even the pros that have it, it's all the age groupers that have all the gear and here I am, don't even have a proper aero helmet, um, don't even have my own race wheels. So yeah, it was a little bit intimidating, I think. But I mean now I know what I'm in for. Um, maybe it won't be so intimidating for the future. <laughs> I
1: think you have a bright future. I think it does. It gets easier as as you go, but it's fun to fun that you can do both. Um, so you kind of alluded to your season. Are you gonna be able to race in New Zealand at all? Or is it just you'll head to Europe and that will start your your new race season?
0: Yeah. Um we would have should have had, I think Exterior New Zealand would have been happening in two weeks. Um but unfortunately because of COVID and everything, um that race was cancelled. Um so we don't actually have any more racing here in New Zealand. Um so I guess yeah the next plan is to head to Europe. I think our first race is going to be Exterior Portugal. Um that's more towards the end of May. Um and then yeah, then we'll do the whole season there I think until October um and then hopefully head to the States. And then by the time we get back to New Zealand, um, more racing. I guess we're going into summer there, then, um, and so more racing will start happening on in our season, I guess. But I guess I mean that's another that throws another curveball into I guess racing overseas and then coming back to New Zealand and wanting to race your summer. It makes it a really really long season, um, and you've got to be really conscious, I think, to sort of have downtime. Um as much as we would love to be racing full on in New Zealand summer, I think our main racing is overseas. That's where we I guess that's where we perform. That's where you can um get more exposure, et cetera. Um so that's kind of our main season. Um, but it does make it really hard because people are kinda like, oh, why are you not performing in New Zealand? like you should be it's your summer it's our race season um but yeah I guess if you're going 24 7 all year round you're just going to end up in a massive hole so yeah I mean as much as we would like to race more in New Zealand um there's just not the races here um and yeah it's not healthy for us to be racing all year round
2: Well, Sam, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We really enjoyed getting to know some more about you. You know, enjoy the time in New Zealand that you have to relish it being home a little bit before you're back on the road. And we look forward to following your exterior season in Europe. And then when you're back over here for more 70.3.
0: Awesome. Thank you for having me on.
2: Thanks so much to Sam for coming on and chatting with us. Um, I hope our listeners are enjoying having some of these Xterra pros and Xterra champions that we've been having on over, you know, the last few months um, on. So let us know if you'd like to hear about from the off-road triathletes as much as the on-road triathletes. We'd love to see what you all think. And Haley, what are you up to today? I'm about to head out on a bike ride. It's looks sunny here, but it's actually pretty cold still. So you can see that I'm like getting in the process of getting on my winter gear and I'm not super pumped about riding. So tell me what you're doing and get me pumped. And then in my head, I'll be in sunny Carlsbad doing, doing my workout today.
1: So I have a pretty big swim day today. I think I'm actually, I'm headed to Hillary's master's group. And then after that, we're going straight to the beach to do some open water swimming and like practicing, um, like beach starts and just like, swimming in surf and so i'm actually really excited about that because it's obviously something i can't do in bozeman so that's my plan and i think tomorrow morning i'm doing a trail run so definitely making the most of it here and um getting in lots of social time and just like you said filling up my happiness cup so Alyssa, enjoy your ride stay warm and thanks for bearing with my uh technological difficulties today Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for finding a way to make it happen. That's the Iron Man
2: mentality coming through in the podcasting for sure. It was great to see your ear and your left eye today. And I can't wait to see your whole smiling face next week. Safe travels back home. And I'll talk to you later, Haley. Bye, Alyssa. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski.
1: Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited and produced by Lindsay Glassford. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, events, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening. Alyssa, Aminoco has been a longtime podcast sponsor. And every time I'm listening to the show and I hear our Aminoco ad, I'm always shocked to hear how Aminoco co-founder, Dr. Robert Wolf has run a marathon in under two hours and 30 minutes, 62 times. I just can't believe that's a real stat. Me either. It is
2: very impressive and it gives me a lot of confidence. Dr. Wolf knows what he's talking about when it comes to performance and recovery. I actually took Aminoco HEAL before and after my recent knee surgery.
1: I've been using HEAL a lot after really big workouts as I've started to ramp up my training. And I also use my personal favorite Aminoco Perform before and during my hardest sessions.
2: Do you have a favorite flavor?
1: For Perform, I definitely go with the strawberry lemonade. It has a really light flavor and a little bit of caffeine that I think helps keep me focused during my really tough intervals. And for heel, I like vanilla. I just feel like vanilla gets me into recovery mode. What about you? The vanilla heel is my favorite too. I find it mixes really well into
2: my post-workout shakes that I make.
1: Wait, what do you put in your shakes? Well,
2: oftentimes just whatever I have in the fridge, sometimes vegetables, sometimes collagen, you know, whatever I have. Summer shakes are way more interesting because it's like, I make them cold. The winter shakes are a little less fancy.
1: Do you ever add snow to your winter shakes? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm going to start doing that now. I don't know. Maybe make sure it's clean snow. I am not quite as fancy. I just add water. It, I think it still works pretty well, but, uh, wh- however you like your amino co you can rest assured that in clinical trials, muscle protein synthesis from exercise more than doubled by athletes using perform and heal was shown to trigger muscle growth and repair better than other high quality protein sources.
2: Head to aminoco.com slash ironwomen to see very large photos of me and Haley using AminoCo products, then select your favorite products and use code IRONWOMEN for 30% off at checkout. First time
1: purchases also come with a free gift. That's aminoco.com forward slash ironwomen and code IRONWOMEN for 30% off.
0: All right, Alyssa, I'm like starting to swim more again. And I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with with one water. And how did you keep your hair from getting so destroyed?
1: I was swimming
2: so much last year. And I used TryHard, Kelly, and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan dermatologically tested proprietary blend. TryHard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're going to need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sidaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of try hard. I think it's like it's
1: definitely changed how
2: good I feel just coming out of chlorine.
1: And we have a code right now, too, for anyone who wants to try, you know, <laughs> try try hard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde. And get all beat up. You can try any of the TryHard products with the code 20Feisty, that's two zero feisty for 20% off store-wide at tryhard.co. So that's 20Feisty for 20% off at tryhard.co.
2: Chasing Epic is the essence of the Orca brand. It is about seeking the moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected with the beauty of the world around us. And let's be
1: real, Chasing Epic is feisty.
2: Orca has been a longtime partner of Feisty and we work with them year after year because we love their products and their commitment to creating amazing wetsuits made for women. They also supported me on Team USA last year
1: at the One Water Race, which was most definitely also Chasing Epic. With Orca's range of triathlon wetsuits, including Apex and Athlex, you can choose between flexibility, buoyancy, or a combination of both. There's a wetsuit for every triathlete and for all of your epic adventures. And as a feisty listener, you can
2: get 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com.